How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio once again for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I am joined once again in honor of the CFB National Championship being this weekend by none other than Ben Gorowitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Oh yeah, I appreciate you coming back on, Ben. Ben Ben knows probably the most out of out of college football of most people I know. So always great to have him on here and hear his perspectives. Big Alabama fan. Um, were you? How do you feel about Tua going to the league before we get things going? I mean, definitely a smart decision. I mean, without a doubt, that is the correct decision to make. Uh, I'd say at this point, from what he's shown in college, is. If he had came back, the odds of him getting injured again were higher than him playing a full season because he has yet to play a full season in his two years of starting. So I think, you know, when you're as talented as him, I mean, he's still projected to be a first-rounder from what I've seen. Not on everyone's, but I've seen a lot of first-round grades for him. Uh, You have to go get your money. So uh, congrats to him. Yeah, you know, even if he gets hurt, at least he's going to be making money. But on top of that, I mean, two is definitely going to go in the first round. And I think he's in a better situation than Burrow as well because he's probably going to fall down the board a little bit because of him being injury prone. So I think he's going to go in somewhere, you know, where he has a chance to be more successful earlier and has a better team around him rather than Burrow's going to be dealing with no offensive line with the Bengals. So, I mean, if, if Tua went to the Bengals, I don't think he would make it past two years as a quarterback in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think I want to say his final – uh, visit with the doctors is in March, like the final one. And I think it really comes down to that one. Uh, I think best case scenario is what you said, you know, slides down a little, even though a lot of people haven't gone to the Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins, did, didn't they just re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick? I'm not I think, sure. I didn't see anything. I think the best case for uh, Tua is for whatever team he goes to is to not start right away. I think you need to give him a year, and like I don't. Who cares if you give your franchise quarterback a year? People do it all the time, so I don't think you need to rush him. Um, Dolphins probably wouldn't be great if they had Tua starting anyway, so I don't think you need to rush him. Um, Fromm was an interesting decision, but I kind of agree with him going pro. So with Fromm. When you look at the peop- the things returning to Georgia, he loses – this was before the transfer that just happened. That I don't think anyone saw it coming. He was losing both left and right tackles, his number one receiver, and both running backs. That is a hard thing to replace. Mm-hmm. and he, You have to rebrand that chemistry. So I, I don't blame him for leaving. I don't – I have no clue where he's getting picked. I mean, I, I'm going to guess late second, early third round. I, do, I mean, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's great. I, I, I don't think he's anything special. Yeah, you know, I agree with you on late second, early third round. I think him and Eason are kind of in the same boat. I don't, I think it's, I don't think it would have been a bad thing for them both to stay another year in college, but at the same time, you know, how much would they have really changed their, you know, draft stock by staying another year? If I were them, I would have just stayed. I mean, I can't blame Eason as much just because Chris Peterson kind of retired. You know, right. he's kind of a legendary coach over there at Washington. You don't really know how the program's going to do losing a guy like him. Although I thought Fromm should have stayed just because, you know, Fromm to me is like a, is your typical Georgia guy. He's a great college quarterback, does nothing in the NFL. I think that's kind of what Fromm is. 
And I felt like that he should have stayed one more year and tried to have one more shot, you know, win the national championship. Because, you know, Alabama's probably going to have Mac Jones playing quarterback. LSU's going to lose Burrow to the pros. You know, there's I just feel like that there's so much opportunity for him here and for them here, you know, to have a chance to uh, win a national championship one more time at Georgia. Why not give it a shot as a senior? So that was my main reason for disagreeing with him on going. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. You bring up Mac Jones could be the starter. I mean, for anyone that's listening, if you haven't seen Bryce Young's highlights that's coming to Alabama, I mean, dude, this kid makes throws that, like, your jaw would drop. I mean, every two, three throws he's making. I mean, I've seen a couple of videos of him in the uh, All-American game that happened. He was in practice, and, I mean, he's embarrassing five-star corners. And he's putting it, I mean, his early player comp is Russell Wilson. And that's to a true freshman coming into college. I mean, that's the kid's special. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, as a Bama fan, I, I, I don't care who plays quarterback. I, I don't. If Mac Jones wins the job, then I know that he's good enough and that the team is still good. They got a lot of weapons, even losing Ruggs and Judy. Um, it has not come out officially yet, but Najee Harris is leaning on coming back to college. Um, from what I've read, it's about 65 to 70% right now that he's coming back. Uh, his decision could come as early as today. Um, the decision he has to make, the deadline is on January 20th. So he has some time, but I've heard and read that he is leaning on coming back, which would be something. Yeah, you know, and that's not a bad idea either for him. This is an absolutely loaded, you know, wide receiver running back class. Like the fact that Cam Akers is probably going to go in the third round, Chubba Hubbard's probably going to go late second round, which I personally think is disrespectful to have those guys go that late. But I mean, that's just like Zach Moss isn't even getting talked about. And I mean, in my opinion, he's top five running back in this class. I feel like there's just so much depth in this class. And you have Jonathan Taylor, you got DeAndre Swift, you know, there's way too much talent in this running back class. I mean, coming back is not a bad decision at all and I mean like you said I mean Mac Jones is not and Bryce Young no matter what Alabama is still going to be in decent situation with either of them I honestly like what I've seen out of Mac Jones I mean yeah Alabama won all those national championships with no Tua you know it's that this is the first time they ever had the big time playmaking quarterback it's always been run the ball and you have your Julio Jones or um Calvin Ridley you know to throw the ball to so it's gonna be interesting for Bama but Let's uh, we'll revisit college football at the end, obviously, since we got the the biggest game of all of them coming up on Monday. But let's go here to the NFL now. It is the divisional round. We got four games. I mean, this is not, this is probably the last great weekend for football, um, or last weekend where we got some meaningful Saturday football. So we kick things off at four thirty with Minnesota at the 49ers. The over under is at forty four and a half. The spread is at San Francisco minus seven. Um, what do you think about this game? So Kirk Cousins is. He's the most unpredictable quarterback to bet on or, or bet you know bet on or bet against. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're more of a you know the numbers and stats guy than me. I don't know what his numbers are on the road, but I know that he's not going to be playing in cold weather. So I don't think he's very good in cold weather, and I know he's not very good on national spotlight. So he's not playing on Monday Night Football. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank God. The, the the Vikings defense is good. But if they can't get pressure, like they got pressure on Drew Brees and Taysom Hill, whoever was playing quarterback for the Saints, then Jimmy Garoppolo is going to pick them apart. I don't know how anyone uh, covers – like I don't know how you game plan to cover George Kittle. Um, I think for the Vikings to win this game, you got to limit the big plays from guys like Emmanuel Sanders and uh, – who's that other receiver they got from uh, South Carolina? Debo Uh, Samuel. Debo, yeah. You you can't – 
you know, let him get on a jet sweep and take it 40 yards for a first down or a touchdown. Um, I, I like the 49ers in this game. Uh, I think being at home is going to help them. I, I think their pass rush, uh, it was great, you know, for the first weeks of the season, then it kind of faded. It's starting to come back a little bit. Um, I, I like the Niners in this game, and I actually like it with the points. Okay, I'm actually the opposite of you on this one. I think the 49ers will win the game, but this is Jimmy G's first playoff game as a starter. He pretty much sat the bench all those other games for the Patriots. So, I mean, he does have a little experience, but no playing experience. The Vikings are one of the top teams in the league at defending the tight end, but, I mean, as you said, George Kittle's a completely different animal when he's healthy. I mean, this defense, though... The thing, like honestly, this game for me is tough. Like I, I, like you said, I usually have a lot of stats and trends and everything to throw out there. But honestly, there are so many wacky stats and trends that go both ways that I just felt like there wasn't really a point in just throwing some out there, you know. But the way I look at this game is, I just feel like the Vikings they can get to the quarterback, get a little pressure on him. Kirk Cousins actually going back to what you said. So Kirk Cousins when he plays in the one o'clock slot is sixty-seven percent against the spread. He's under thirty percent at the other slot. So it's more so that Kirk Cousins plays better at one o'clock. That's why he was able to win that game. But I just feel like the Vikings are going to be able to do something here. You know, really the only time they got blown out all season long when they had Dalvin Cook in the lineup was when they played the Bears early on in the season. And, I mean, that was just that was just one of those weird games, you know, where you just can't really get anything going and it never gets going. I feel like that this is going to be a low-scoring game. It's probably going to be pretty windy. Levi Stadium's t- typically a low-scoring stadium. I feel like that... It's gonna. I feel like it's gonna be like kind of like a slugfest. But the thing that really scares me is the fact that San Francisco. You know, when they have D Ford in there, they're get the QBR they're allowing is in the 30s to the other quarterback. He didn't play for a lot of those games, and they're getting pieced up by other quarterbacks. So I think having D Ford back in there, Quan Alexander might possibly play, and Tart is gonna be back as well in the secondary. I mean, the 49ers are gonna be rested and healthy, but I think I'm lean, I'm gonna go with the uh, Vikings plus the seven here. I mean, I think an X factor is. Uh, I mean, they're going to get Dalvin Cook his carries, and he and he's going to you know he's going to do his thing. I mean, that he is a very good running back. Um, Thielen is he injured? He apparently got injured in practice. He won't answer questions about how serious it is. Um, Trayvon or not Trayvon Diggs? He's an Alabama player. His brother Stephon Diggs visibly was upset in that last game against the Saints. He threw his helmet because he wasn't getting football. Um, if Thielen's not 100%, he, Thielen's going to play. You don't sit out in the playoffs unless your leg is broken. Um, they got to get Stefan Diggs the ball early if Thielen can't go. I mean, we know that Cousins likes Thielen a little bit more, and we know that Kyle Rudolph is a big red zone guy because of his size, but Diggs has to get going early. I mean, th- they won't win this game if they can't have a deep threat. I mean, I, I think that 49ers can stop the run with just about everybody. Um, more importantly, they got to protect Kirk Cousins. Uh, D. Ford coming back, going with uh, DeForest Buckner, and to add that with Bosa, Kirk Cousins is not going to have a lot of time to throw if he, you know, if he's taking five, six step drops back. Um, I'll look for the, you know, the slant game to Diggs early. I think you got to get those two in rhythm on the road. Um, we'll see if they can do it. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you completely. I think they have to establish Dalvin Cook in the run. If they want to have any chance in this game, they're going to have to be able to run the ball. I don't think you can – if Kirk Cousins is going to drop back and throw the ball 30 times this game, that's not going to win the game for you. It's going to have to be like they did against the Saints where they – I mean, they ran the ball the entire game no matter who was in the backfield. But I felt like Dalvin Cook really took that game over for them, and that was why they are able to win it. I mean, this is a running football team, and if they can't do what they can do, you're running the ball – 
it's, that's not it's not going to look good for them. So I think I think that game will be a fun one to watch. I don't think it'll be a blowout by any means. I think that'll be one of the closer games of the weekend. But let's go to the uh, nightcap of Saturday, and that's the Tennessee Titans at the Baltimore Ravens. The spread is at ten right now. Baltimore is the favorite, and the over under is at forty seven right now. What are you thinking on this one? So the Titans are fairly similar to um, the Vikings that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. They don't run the football. They may not score. I mean, I, I think Tannehill's having a nice season. I think he's putting up nice numbers. His um, efficiency in the pass game is, you know, tops in the league. But, it, I mean, it runs through King Henry. Um, I expect the Ravens to stack the box all night long. Um, if they don't, I don't understand what they're doing. I, I think their secondary is like beyond good enough to put them on islands, not on every play, but I think on a majority of plays. Um, so I expect the Ravens to stack the box. Titans play tough defense, and they are a very physical team. Um, I think an X factor for the Titans when they're on defense is um, Rashawn Evans, uh, the middle linebacker. He, he's he's their play caller. He's their stud on defense. Uh, he you know, gets to the gap better than a lot of other linebackers in the league. He's going to have to make the open field tackle on Lamar Jackson when Lamar is getting out of the pocket. Uh, easier said than done. No one's been able to do that all year. Um, I like the Ravens. Um, I, I think they're just like so much better on the team. I, I think they're playing at home. I think that environment is crazy. Uh, I like Harbaugh with the experience that he's had as a coach. I like everything about the Ravens in this game. Um, 10 is a lot. I, I think the Titans can hang. But I, I, I don't know about the line for right now. I'd have to do some more thinking on it. But I definitely like the Ravens. Um, I, I don't know how you stop Lamar Jackson. I don't think the Titans are good enough to stop him yet. So I'll take the Ravens. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat as you are right now. I think that it might be a few too many. I'm also here's a, here's my stat for you. So in the divisional round since 2006, a team that's off a road win and they're getting more than a touchdown. So that's the Titans right here. They're ten and one against the spread. That also applies to the Vikings as well. Um, I think the Titans are going to be able to come in here and establish the run. I mean, Baltimore likes to blitz the most of any team in the league. They blitz the most percentage of snaps. I mean, when you power run the ball with Derrick Henry, blitzing doesn't really work. I think that they have to get – I think if they win the toss, they need to take the ball here, and they have to go out there and ground and pound the ball with Derrick Henry. One thing I am a little worried about, though, is Henry is 30-plus carries the last two games, but – you know, it's the playoffs, and that's when big-time players step up. I think Derrick Henry's going to have to be like a refrigerator running up in there and just play smash-mouth, hard-nosed football. And I think on the flip side of things, you know, the Titans, the Titans, they're a hard-nosed football team. You know, like they get violent. Like, they hit. They yeah, play, they're, they're big. They play in the trenches, you know. Like, I really think they have to be physical and aggressive with the Ravens. And, you know, both teams are going to be running the ball a lot. I wouldn't take the under here. I mean, the Ravens could easily blow the top off this thing. I think I'm probably going to take the Titans here with the 10 points. That's the way I'm looking at this game right now. But, I mean, if Tannehill's dropping back, they're throwing the ball 30 times, they will not win this game. It's going to have to be Derrick Henry's. Derrick Henry's going to have to have a big game. I mean, Derrick Henry's done it his entire football career. If you look up his, you know, obviously in high school, but, you know, he was getting a ton of carries in college at Alabama, like when he, mm-hmm. you know, was legit playing. Um, he was, I mean, I in one of those national championship games, I think he had 40-something carries, or the SEC championship game, I think he had 45. 
I, I'm not worried. I mean, his durability, he's been a little banged up. I, I'm not worried. Um, yeah, listen, Tannenkill having a nice season. The Titans are 9-7. and seven. A lot of those wins are credited to him, not Mariota. Um, he just threw the ball 15 times in a must-win game. I mean, what, what does that tell you about what whoever the offensive coordinator is for the Titans, what he thinks of Tannehill and how he can win a game, right? I mean, I, I've never heard of a quarterback – throwing the ball 15 times in a must-win game. Like, he's going to have to throw more than that. I'll tell you that. The thing is, you bring up a good point about blitzing with the Ravens' defense. If you blitz and stay in your gap, it's not that big of a deal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think so. I think something to watch with the Ravens' defense is, listen, they got all the talent in the world. They got talent at all three levels on that defense. Uh, it's Can they be gap-disciplined? Uh, Derrick Henry, he may not look that fast, but I can promise you, He's got great vision, and if he sees one person, he'll see it. He'll see a guy miss a gap, and he will take advantage of it, and he will get one-on-one, and he will lower his shoulder all day long. And he can make it miserable for some of these uh, DBs that are going to try and tackle him. I I don't see Tannehill being good enough to win this game on the road. I, I He's going to have to throw the ball at least 25 times because I think that if they get behind – which I think they easily could in a in a in a second. Lamar Jackson can score in one play. Um, Titans got to keep it close, and I think if they, I think they need to take it as you know, don't let them stick around. If they're sticking around late in the third quarter, I think they can pull it out then. But I mean, if it's ugly at halftime, it, it's ugly for the rest of the game. Yeah, Tennessee can't get back down big. They're not going to be able to come back with the way they play football. I mean, honestly, I feel like if they get down big, the, the Ravens are just going to pile it on them more because Tannehill will probably throw a pick or two. If yeah. They, you know, they have to force it on that. When you have ball hawks like they have out there with those three corners and Earl Thomas back there as well, it's not you don't want to have to be forcing throws in there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I could have said it any better than you did. I mean, that's I feel the exact same way you do about this one. So let's keep moving here and – Let's go now to the Sunday games. And so, for, I don't know why, but this is the game I'm most excited to watch this weekend. And this is Houston at Kansas City. And yep. Kansas City's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under set at 51. Uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, so I, I don't understand nine-and-a-half points. I mean, I, with Deshaun Watson on there, he literally, in almost every game he plays in, is a close game. I think out of their ten wins, do you know the stat? Off the top of your head, about how many of those are um, seven or less? It's a lot. I think. It's yeah, I'm not sure league. what it is exactly, but I do know that they were outscored and outgained on the season. So I know right. for a fact that Deshaun won it. I know. I think it was like seven and two or six and three. It was one of those two. So uh, refresh me: Is Will Fuller out for the year? Is he out? No, he's expected to play. Okay, so that is a massive win for the Houston Texans offense. That frees it up. Um, to throw it downfield a little bit more, and it definitely frees it up for DeAndre Hopkins, who is unguardable. I, I don't, you can, I don't care. He's unguardable. Um, I know that he wasn't great in the first half in the uh, last week's game, but he made big catches in the second half. Uh, it'll be interesting to me. I'm interested to see where Tyron Matthew lines up. Um, I think he will be lined up a lot against Will Fuller, actually. And I think if he takes Will Fuller out of the game, uh, I think the Texans need to find other ways to get other people the ball. Um, listen, Deshaun, it, they're not getting blown out. I mean, until I see Deshaun Watson get blown out in a in a big game, I'm not going to pick against him. Um, I, I think the Chiefs win the game because I, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, why would I pick against him? I don't. It, 
I don't think the Texans secondary is good enough. I think if they can get pass rush on them, that's a different story. But they didn't really get that much pass rush, you know, through three quarters uh, last week. So I like the Chiefs, but I like the I, I don't see the Chiefs covering that nine and a half. Ooh, see, I actually think that Kansas City is going to absolutely slaughter them. The Texans played awful in the first quarter this season. I like Kansas City. The first quarter spread isn't out yet, but I like Kansas City to cover whatever the first quarter. I'll be putting it out on Twitter, but I'm probably going to take Kansas City in that first quarter. This is the way I feel like the game's going to go here. So Kansas City, their defense was the best defense in the league over the last month when they actually got healthy. Chris Jones and Frank Clark are going to absolutely eat that injured and beat up defense, or I mean offensive line here for the Texans. The Texans also basically had to play an extra quarter by playing that overtime period. So they're going to be extra beat up and get from that. I mean, that was a violent game against the Bills. Everyone's going to be beat up. J.J. Watts beat up. I mean, I, like you said, the secondary is a little beat up as well for the Texans. I honestly think Patrick Mahomes is a field day. I think Kansas City comes out here and names the score, and I think they throw the ball all over them. I think, I feel like can't. I feel like this is gonna be the Patrick Mahomes like. I feel like this is going to be like the Kansas City coming out party this season. You know, like they've been beat up. They've kind of been, you know, like they barely beat the Patriots. Like they've kind of just been sitting there in the rafters. Like they've been getting healthy. I feel like this team is peaking at the right time. I actually picked Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. And I feel like that they're peaking at the right time and they're going to come out here and absolutely blow them out of the water. I mean, Deshaun Watson, though, I've never once watched Deshaun play a game and been like he could have played better in a big game in a big situation like this, which kind of does scare me a little bit. But ultimately, I think that Kansas City covers the 9.5 pretty easily. I think they cover the first quarter. And also, I like the over, too, because Houston's not going to quit. And I think Houston right. can score some points at the end. So I'm thinking, like, Kansas City wins this game, like, uh, like 30, like, 4 to 21 or something like that. I mean, you made a good point. They got, you know, they're getting healthy on the defensive line, the Chiefs. Um the key thing is you can rush the passer all day. You you have to get to Deshaun Watson. I know the Bills, you know, they got a couple sacks on him, but throughout a game, you know, second half of that game, Deshaun was getting out of you know, he's getting out of the pocket rolling. And once he's out of the pocket, I mean I mean, dude, this guy has so many options. I mean, he can run past you. He can run over you. He could throw it any arm angle you need. You know, I think the chemistry with his receivers, I think Will Fuller being back as a little bit of speed. Uh, I agree with you that the Texans defense is not great. And they are facing one of the best downhill, you know, passers um, in Patrick Mahomes. I, I just think, I think the Texans come out with a sense of urgency. I, I think they know that they can't get behind. It's, a, it's different from the playing the Bills. They were down, was it 13-0 to the Bills? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit or different. No, it was 16-0. 16, okay. But it's a little bit different when you're playing Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And it's also a little bit different when you're facing Andy Reid calling plays. He is, he does not, you know, take his foot off the gas. Uh, I, I think the Texans show out. Um, I I don't see them winning. I mean, their defense is not good enough to win. I, like I said before, Deshaun Watson has done it time and time again. So until I see him get blown out in a big game, uh, spe- specifically in a playoff game, I'm, I I think he keeps his team in it. Yeah, you know, this is also a revenge game because earlier in the season, the Texans did go into Arrowhead and beat Kansas City. Also, Andy Reid's in his best spot here coming in off a of bye week. And He's you know, good. Andy Reid off a of bye is He's at his good. best. 
I think that's going to be huge. I think he's going to have a lot of offense. You know, like I, that's why I feel like that Houston Houston starts games slow. I feel like that they're about to be, you know, look up at the scoreboard and they're going to be down 14-0 or 21-0 or 21-3, you know, before they even have a chance to get set in in this game. And they'll be playing catch up the whole time, kind of like they did against the Bills. I mean, maybe they can come in on the back door, but I actually feel pretty strong about Kansas City minus the nine and a half and the over here this weekend. Let me ask you this. Uh, neither of us are Texans fans, um, obviously, but Texans lose this game. They finish ten and seven. Okay, I believe they've won their division. I think four out of the last five years, maybe three out of the last five years. But the division's not good. Once I mean, it, with Andrew Luck, it was it was above average because you had the Texans, Titans, and Colts that were all good, but none of them were great. And then you had the the Jags, but like they're not that good. They made they the playoffs one year, right? Andrew Luck leaves this division is average. It's not that good of a – it's competitive. It's not that good. I, I see it as the Cowboys division. It's competitive every year. Most of the teams get 10 to 9 wins that win the division. So I don't think it's a great division. What would you do with Bill O'Brien if Texans lose this game? I personally think Bill O'Brien's not a good coach. I think he's a lot like Dan Quinn. He's got a very talented roster, but it's more so just, hey, Deshaun Watson, go bail me out. You know, it's, you. Hey, Deshaun Watson, go throw it – 40-yard pass up in the air that you have Nuke Hopkins or Will Fuller come down under. You know, like, this guy's it's, it's, like just, it's like these guys basically just bail him out week in and week out. I mean, it, and he's an offensive, you know, he's an I offensive would, guy, and their offense is not consistent. It's mm-hmm. good. Their offense is good when it clicks. doesn't click every week. It probably clicks 11 weeks out of the season, which is fine. It's good, but they got a lot of talent. They got – I think the second best receiver in football, if you want to put him at one, two, or three, I don't care where you put Hopkins. They have one of the best young quarterbacks in football who just straight up knows how to win. They have, I'd say, good running backs. None of them are studs. I, I think Duke Johnson, I think Carlos Hyde are fine. That two, those two running backs are better than a lot of other teams that have two. Most teams have one good one, and then the other one's just average. Their defense, I mean, they lost Clowney, but... They got names on the defense. I don't understand why the Texans. I mean, ten and six is it's not a bad year by any means. They won their division, but I, Deshaun Watson. I mean, who wouldn't want that guy as their quarterback, right? I think you need yeah, more he's top out of five him. in the league, no doubt about I, it. Look, I think you need more out of him, or I think you need more out of the team. I'm not putting it on Deshaun. I, I put it more on Bill. So. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you completely. It's the same thing with me between Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn. Um, the way I look at it, though, is right now, who are you going to go out and get that's better than Bill O'Brien? I just don't really think there's a better option right now, but I think if there is a better option, you got to go out and do it. But, you know, I feel like after, like, one or two more years here with this team that it's they're going to be ready to move off Deshaun Watson. But also, you know, he's finally getting an offensive line and everything. I mean, not off Deshaun Watson. You're ready to move of. off Bill O'Brien. Yeah. The Texans are kind of getting an offensive line. They brought in Laramie Tunsil, who's been great. He's had a lot of penalties, but he's been great. But they still can't protect him. I mean, mm-hmm. so that that's that's the X factor for me. If Deshaun Watson's getting hit left and right, then it, it's a blowout. But if he can get out of the pocket, I mean, he's got a lot of weapons. So we'll see. Yeah, um, let's keep things moving here now. Let's go to the last game of the NFL slate this weekend. Um, that would be Seattle Seahawks at the Green Bay Packers. It's at four and four and a half. Um, over under at 46 and a half. What do you think about this one? So what I keep hearing from everyone is the Packers are one of the worst 13 win teams they've seen in a while. That's what I keep hearing, right? I mean, their defense is not 
it's not bad, but it's not great. You know, I okay. Well, I'm looking at Seattle. What is Seattle bringing to the table? Who they cannot run the football. I mean, at all. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and I love Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf is playing the best he's played pretty much all season. He's been great. I I don't understand why people don't like the Packers. I I think they're a good team. I don't think they're like I – mean, I think the Saints were probably better. But you don't get 13 wins by accident. I, they still have Aaron Rodgers. They still have good receivers. Their running game is better than it's ever been since Aaron Rodgers has become the quarterback. I, 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 I really like – um, Jones. I think their defense is fine. I don't think it's... I, I think the Packers are fine in this game. I really do. I, I don't... I think the Seahawks, like, they're a great team when they're healthy. I mean, I'm a big Chris Carson and Russell Wilson duo fan. I, I like those two. I, I don't see how Homer and Marshawn Lynch get this done on the road. I, I don't I don't see it. I love Russell Wilson, and you know, I always want him to win. I, I always like the, you know, the small guy, the little guy. But uh, uh, the the bad man himself, I, I think Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I just think Green Bay is too much without the running game of Seattle. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to agree with you on this one. I don't think the Seattle can get it done. You know, they're a power run team, and they don't have those run, they don't have those running backs in there. They don't have their offensive line healthy either. Um, their defense is okay. I mean, Seattle pretty much won games. They won by three points pretty much. It was their win margin average for all games this season. You know, it's you're going to regress back to the mean eventually. It's kind of like the Texans. Like, the Texans were outgained on the season, and they were outscored. I mean, the Seahawks, to me, I see a team that got lucky and got fortunate all season long. I think their luck runs out here. Look, to me, Packers... They're a run-first football team now. They're going to have to run the ball over them with Aaron Jones here. That's really the only way that they can win this game. If not, it would kind of be a toss-up. Also, trend I did see. Um, both these team, both these quarterbacks here. So, um, Russell Wilson is sixty-five and seven with a halftime lead. Aaron Rodgers is sixty-seven and one with a halftime lead. So, yeah, you might want to live bet whoever's winning at halftime. That at home or in general. That's in general. So you might want to live bet in halftime, you know. I think that's a good spot to live bet, especially if Rodgers is winning. But anyway, I think the Packers here are going to be able to win and cover this game. I also think it'll stay yeah, under the total. I think they'll come out here and run the ball over them. I think the Packers will win by, you know, 7 to 10 points. I think Seattle will have a chance. But you know what wins outdoor when it's cold? That's run game. Seattle ran the ball for 17 yards and 19 carries last week. I don't think they're going to be able to get it done. Yeah, so I see like a – I see the Packers getting into the low 30s in points. I, I don't see the Seahawks getting above 13. I don't even think they can get 13. But I, I think it's like a 31, 32, 10 game maybe. maybe. I, I I don't know where the Packers' defense ranks in like total defense. Do you? I know they got two good pass rushers, but... Yeah, no, I don't, but I think the Smith brothers are going to be able to get after Russell Wilson. You know, everybody's, everybody's going to be... Everything's going to be ready to go here for Green Bay. I think Green Bay... Low key, honestly, is the sleeping giant here. You know, they got Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. They have him help. They have the run game here. I think the Packers win 24 to 13. I think it's a very low scoring game here. But, you know, I think that Green Bay really is the sleeping giant this week. But at the same time, you know, it is tough to go against Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson without the. I just don't look. I just don't see Russell Wilson dropping back and throwing the ball 30 times, you know, and winning the game. I, I mean, listen, if he. If it's close, Russell Wilson prevails, you know, more often than not. You know, especially in the fourth quarter. If it's close, 
But it's not like Rodgers doesn't do that. I mean, Rodgers is, like, legit one of the most talented quarterbacks ever, I've ever seen. I'm not saying best. He's not the best of this, of this decade. He's not the best that I've ever seen. That's Brady. Talent-wise, there is nothing that Aaron Rodgers cannot do. There's nothing. And at home, I mean, he's the Packers are great at home. Historically great at home. Um, I don't think, I mean, the, the weather, I don't know what the weather's looking like, but the cold's not going to bother Seattle. Um, I, I think they cover. What, what was the line? Was it five? No, it's a, it's at four and four and a half. Yeah. I think the yeah, Packers I, are going to end like up winning and covering. I like the Packers to cover. Yeah. By the way, also Russell Wilson is pretty much a 50% quarterback in close games. So this year basically got into 50%. So before that he was under 50%. So, you know, I just don't really see Russell Wilson getting it done no in this game. He doesn't have much help. I mean, if we're talking he's got DK Metcalf and Doug Baldwin, okay. He doesn't need that much of a run game because he can run himself. I mean, they need someone to step up other than DK Metcalf. I, I, good luck, Seahawks. They can yeah, win. That's... They can win. Of course they can. But I – I see other games being closer than this one. I, I really do. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I could see ways for other games. I think this game's the ugliest game of the whole weekend. I honestly wish this one was the Saturday midday game, to be honest. But let's uh, switch focus now back to college football one last time. This is probably this is the last game of the college football season. It's the college football playoff national championship game. We've got LSU versus Clemson. They're playing in the Superdome, in Louisiana, basically where the Sugar Bowl usually would be. Basically is the Sugar Bowl, pretty much. Um, LSU is currently a six-point favorite. The over-under is at, I want to say it's at 69. Let me double-check that one more time. Um, yeah, it's at 69 right now. What do you think about this Whew. game, Ben? Seems like a high over-under, but I mean, why not for these two teams? Let's light up the scoreboard, right? Okay, so uh, here's, here's my opinion first. So I'm going to you know, I've talked to this before, you know, with you before you started. I'll let everyone else hear it. I did a bowl pick them this year, and it was, I picked 19 games. It was a confidence ranking. I'm 15 and four. I mean, I, I've had a I've had a great bowl pick them so far, um, and I have LSU beating Clemson in my national championship. And if that happens, I win money. So I'm going to pick LSU in this game. If I was betting on this game, which I'm not, it is a no brainer to me to take Clemson with the points. It's a no-brainer. In fact, I would, I would maybe even take Clemson with the points and then live bet the money line once if they're losing. I, I think Clemson is the better team, like top to bottom. I think I was looking at it. Um, I was looking at total offense this year. I think LSU was one. I think Clemson was two or three, and I was looking at uh, total defense, and Clemson was one, and LSU was in the thirties or high. Tw- I think it was thirty-two. Uh, I tweeted about it once, but I don't know if I can find it right now. But uh, so I think Clemson top to bottom is the better team. I think LSU is just destined. I, they've won twice in New Orleans in the in their past. Um, they have gone through a gauntlet. I mean, they have. Their regular season was tough, and they weren't slowed down at all. I mean, they gave. I think they was it twenty three to twenty. They beat Auburn. I think it was. Okay, well, I think they put up over five hundred yards. So. I, I don't know how you stop that LSU offense. I will say if anyone can figure it out, it's Brent Venables. He's a great defensive coordinator who is known to uh, confuse the 
quarterback on multiple occasions. He likes to disguise blitzes. Uh, he's going to have to do that. Joe Burrow is one smart guy. I mean, he gets the game of football. I don't know what changed from last year to this year. Maybe it's all Joe Brady working with him. Maybe it's Joe Burrow not really being in classes and doing football 24-7. I'll tell you what, it's not Ogeron. I, I see Ogeron as a glorified cheerleader. <laughs> I don't see him as a great football coach. I think he's a great recruiter. I think he's a cheerleader. That's fine if you surround yourself with a good staff. He's got a good staff. He needs to keep that staff like Clemson does. I'm picking LSU to win the game because, you know, I got money to win on it. Um, I would take Clemson with the points if I was betting on it. Yeah, you know, uh, I gave out the future bet of Clemson to win the national championship um, before this started. So hopefully you, people rode that with me. We've got a nice uh, plus 240 ticket sitting in our back pocket. But um, I'm going with Clemson as well, plus the points here, plus the six. Um, I think Clemson wins this game outright, actually. Look, before LSU annihilated Oklahoma last game, the spread was only projected to be at one and a half for LSU. I mean, Clemson got downgraded a little bit, and LSU probably got upgraded a little bit, but I really didn't think that victory over Oklahoma was that impressive. I think Ohio State or Anybody Clemson would have beat them, them that badly. Say that again? Anybody would have blown them out. Yeah, Oklahoma did not deserve to be there, and especially missing the guys they were missing. Then you see um, Kenneth Murray goes down. Then they had that other defender get kicked out. You know, it was kind of like then you're down. To, it was basically just like it was like half of Oklahoma's defense out there playing against full strength LSU. You know, that was absolutely pathetic. But I think Clemson here. I mean, I think they got that chip on their shoulder. You know, these are the reigning national champions. They're not getting the type of respect and talk that they deserve. I mean, Davo's nine and one in bowl against the spread in bowl games, where he's the underdog and he's won. I think I think he's also won nine of those outright, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, Dabo, he seems to know how to motivate these kids and get them ready to play every single game. Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost a game since he was in high school. Since he was in freaking high school. I'm pretty sure since he's a sophomore in high school, he's not lost a game. I don't think anything's going to be different here. Look, LSU, they've had a great season. They have a great team. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to take anything away from them. I mean, they absolutely dominated the SEC. But I think LSU, Alabama, when they had a healthy Tua in there, Clemson and Ohio State were on a different level from everyone else. I mean, Alabama, that game could have realistically gone either way. I also still don't think Tua was 100% for that game. I don't think LSU's faced a team like Clemson all season long, with all that being said. I think that Clemson's going to come out here. They're going to get ETN and Lawrence going. You know, last game, I mean, Lawrence said it. They hit him. They came in and hit him. They thought they knocked him out. That pissed him off, and he took off for that 70-yard touchdown run. You know, I think Trevor Lawrence is resilient. He's a great competitor, and I think the LSU or Clemson's going to come out here, find a way to get it done. So you said LSU hasn't seen a team like Clemson. Has Clemson seen a team like LSU? I think Ohio State's the closest. I think I'm look. I think those four teams are on a different level from everyone else. I think beating Ohio State's better than any win LSU has. So I would. I think. I think they're similar. I, I've said all year long that LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson are the three best teams in the country, and that was when Tua was healthy. Bama's defense was atrocious this year. Um, I. Ohio State's offense is easier to stop than LSU's. And I, I'm not saying anything bad about it. Ohio State has a probably the second running back taken in the draft. They got one of the best quarterbacks in college football in Justin Fields. I can say that now because he's actually played and shown it. Clearly they have a great offensive-minded coach in Ryan Day, and they had studs all over their, you know, their defense. But this LSU team, man, first of all, their running back should be pretty healthy now. He's had a long rest. He didn't play a ton in the Oklahoma game, and and now they had a week or two uh, since they last played. Um, so he should be healthy. 
LSU's got three or four receivers that uh, you're not covering them. You can cover one of them. They're, they're essentially they're similar to Bama's receivers. You might be able to shut one of them down, but they have too many weapons to just shut them down a whole game. The interesting matchup to me will be who I think is one of the best corners in college football, and he's only a true freshman. He's Singletary Jr., number 24 for LSU. He will either be matched up. I mean, Clemson's got two monsters. You, you could pick them. You can want T. Higgins, or you can get uh, – I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, Ross or Raji? Thank you, Ross. Um, you know, so I'm, I want to see who's matched up with Singletary. Um, LSU's other corner is a stud, Grant Delpert, who didn't deserve the award that he got, but he got it. He's been a great player in college football for three years. Um, LSU, I really am a big fan of their defensive coordinator, and I think he is the X factor. I think LSU will put up points. I think they'll be fine. LSU on defense, Dave Aranda is their defensive coordinator, who's wild. I mean, he's known to be one of the top guys in college football um, calling defensive plays. He's got to figure out ways to either stop ETN and make it all on Trevor Lawrence, or he's got to figure out ways to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, his secondary, his corners are good enough to hang you know, throughout the game with a little bit of help. They don't get pressure on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if they're blitzing three, Goodbye. I mean, it's it could be a blowout. Trevor Lawrence will he'll do what Joe Burrow does when he puts three right. So I'm I think the biggest thing in this game is which defense can put more pressure on the quarterback. If you don't blitz these quarterbacks, they will throw for 500 yards each, and I'm not even exaggerating. If you bring the blitz, okay. Trevor Lawrence has all this experience in big games. Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in college football against the blitz this year, over 70 percent completion rate. So you got to figure out ways to either confuse him which I think Brent Venables is one of the best in the country at bringing disguise blitzes. So I'm, I'm, that's, I'm more focused. These offenses will score. I, I'm not worried about that. I am you know, zoned in on defense, what schemes they're running, how they can get to the quarterback. And they got to mix it up. I mean, uh, so I'm interested in that. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, you know, I think I think that this is kind of goes along with my theory in college football. When you have two high-powered offenses that are this good go up against each other, I mean, it's, it's pretty sport. hard to stop either team. I'm taking the over, and I'm taking Clemson with the points here. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I mean, I think it's going to come. I think this game will be a lot like the national championship when Deshaun Watson, Clemson beat Alabama. And you know, my thing too here with Clemson is I know everyone saw like we were saying earlier that. Oklahoma beat that Al or that LSU beat up on an overrated Oklahoma team. I feel like it kind of feels the same way as these as Clemson did last year. You know, they come in the game. It was all about Alabama last year. They're feeling disrespected. I think it's the exact same thing. Everyone says, "Oh, LSU's at home." This, that, and the other. I think Clemson comes out here and gets it done straight up. Who did? I'm blanking. I'm blanking a lot today. Who did Clemson beat last year in the semifinal? Um, let's think. So it was Al. Oh, it was Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Okay, so like I don't think they. I mean, that was essentially the same thing Alabama played in. Everyone knew going into that game that both games had zero percent chance of Alabama and Clemson losing. I mean, I, I those teams are not good enough. Notre Dame. Yeah, and the spreads Oklahoma. were double digits on both. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I'm listen. I don't understand. I Dabo. He, I'm tired of him. I'm tired of him <laughs> saying that he's the underdog. All season long, sure. People want to say that Clemson – they don't need to play anybody, okay? They're the defending champs. I, I don't. I know Clemson's great. It's not their fault that the ACC sucks. It is not Dabo Sweeney's fault that Florida State sucks. It's not their fault. It's not Dabo's fault that Miami is the worst program in college football. 
It's not his fault that Georgia Tech decided to move away and, you know, they're in a rebuild. It's not their fault. you got to play who's under schedule, okay? I get that they have a one or two games a year. I think this year was UNC. Do you know how hard it is to go into a game where everyone is saying you are going to win by double digits and to actually do it? It is so hard to do that in sports. So I don't care if, LS, if, if Clemson doesn't do it in the regular season. I know they're good enough. I know that they belong. They just beat that Ohio State team, and they beat them down in that second half. So I get the whole underdog talk in the regular season. I, I How is Dabo an underdog at this point? I get whatever. Vegas says he's an underdog. I don't care about Vegas. You beat a team like Ohio State when the other team beats a team like Oklahoma, you're not an underdog because you beat the better team to get there. So I, I would like him for him to shut up. But if he continues to win, he can talk all he wants. I'll say this. He wins right now. He wins this year. You can book him to be the greatest coach of all time in college football. He'll get the most – he'll pass Saban and Bear Bryant. If he I gets absolutely right agree now. with you on that. Also, the other thing I want to say too is that L- or Clemson's never been afraid to schedule the big dogs. They'll schedule Georgia. No, they not. scheduled Texas A&M. Yeah. You know, they're two basically back doors by Texas A&M and I think by like – some other team that was that was thirty point underdogs to them of going of covering every single game against the spread except for the UNC game. I mean the fact that they were double digit favorites in every single game and had that ability. I mean that's absolutely unreal here. I think it's going to be a great game, but that's all I got to say on everything. You got anything else left to say, Ben? Or are we good? I'm good. I'm looking forward to it. I I agree. I I expect points. And if I don't get points, I think America is going to be disappointed. Oh, I don't think America will be disappointed. I think this game is going to be great. I think this game on Monday is going to be the best game out of all of them this weekend. So we're all excited for everything, but I appreciate everyone tuning in once again, and I appreciate you coming on, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me, bro. Hey, no problem. We'll definitely talk again soon here as the draft's coming up and about everything this weekend, but we'll see you guys again next time.